Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. The Box of Oddities is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you access your podcasts. But we hope you give CastBox a try. The curator is greatly pleased with CastBox. We think it's the best. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. It's been an exciting week. This was a a very exciting week thus far. Uh, Nice surprise. What was it? Yesterday? Day before yesterday. Monday. Monday, a nice surprise. Got an email from some friends of ours uh, in San Francisco. And they said, hey, congrats, you two. Way to go. That's great. And we're like, what are you talking about? And so they sent us a, a screenshot of the Box of Oddities at number seven on the iTunes comedy charts. Yeah, that was kind of nice. <laughs> we, we didn't see that coming. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then we've been kind of throwing this idea around and... I don't know, not even tongue-in-cheek talking about it, but kind of maybes and some days and that kind of thing. Um, Someone called about doing live shows. Yeah, we got a call from a a booker who is interested in in putting together some uh, live shows for us, which would be cool. I don't know if that's going to happen. It'd be amazing. I got to I got to get some new shoes first though. I mean, <laughs> I can't stand in front of everyone and be like, "Hey, let me tell you about this weird thing." When the real weird thing is the fact that I've had the same shoes for 17 years. <laughs> I need to update the wardrobe. Those shoes belong in the dump. <laughs> Along with the dump coat. Along with your dump coat. (laughs) Listen, you are sweet, but you don't get to make the rules for my clothing. I don't try. I would never (laughs) attempt to enforce some sort of restrictions upon your wearing apparel. Um, that's not true. You bought me a new coat and said, now that old coat goes in the trash. (laughs) That's true. But I did it out of love. (laughs) I did get it at the dump. So, anyway... So you go first, this episode. It's distracting. 
where yeah it is beautiful out there it's uh it's leaf peeping peas peas and peas and peaky feeba poba hi leaf peeping season mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you it's, could just say peak foliage season. it's peak foliage yeah and it's beautiful and so we have the the curtains of our double doors that go out onto the deck here at our house wide open and it's just this it's beautiful i wish you could see it maybe we'll take a picture of it sure post it on i the can Insta- do that right now okay. hold on all right please ignore the broken plant pots on the deck <laughs> <laughs> so you go first i do I do. Okay. Okay. I'd forgotten. Okay. Every week. Um, here, then, then let's, let's talk about this thing that, okay. that I've decided that we'll talk about. <laughs> Are you familiar with Capgras syndrome? How do you spell that? It's C-A-P-G-R-A-S. Capgras. No. Um, and I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways. Inevitably, Someone will say I've said it wrong. Um, it's Capgra or a Capgras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's named after a man named Joseph Capgra, and he was French. So I think that you drop the S sound. Yeah, I think, yeah, that sounds right. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's Capgra syndrome. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> that's the entire segment. <laughs> wow. Can you can you expand on that a little bit, please? Capgra syndrome or Capgra delusion is a psychiatric disorder in which a person holds the idea that a friend, a spouse, parent, or other close family member has been replaced by an identical imposter. I have heard of this. I did not know it was called Capgra syndrome, though. That's that's new to it me. It might be Capgra. Whatever it is. I've heard it both ways. As I mentioned, it was named after a French psychiatrist, um, who I will call Joe, who's first uh, (laughs) described the disorder in his paper co-authored by Jean Roboul Lachon in 1923. The case was uh, recorded about a woman named Madame Macabre, who who really, that was not her real name, by the way. No, it wasn't. You weren't sure. She was complaining that corresponding doubles had taken the place of her husband and other people that she knew. So the delusion most commonly occurs in individuals diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, but it's been also seen in patients with brain injury, certain types of dementia. It presents often in individuals with uh, neurodegenerative diseases, particularly at older ages. In rare instances, it's been reported as occurring in association with diabetes, hyperthyroidism, and migraine attacks. And in one isolated case, the Capgras delusion was temporarily induced in a healthy subject by use of the drug ketamine. Isn't that a horse tranquilizer? Something like that. I don't know. I'm not Hold a on. Here guy. comes the dog. We're over here, Banjo. Hey, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let me tell you about Fred. Fred is a 59-year-old man with a high school qualification. He was... Hold on, and I'll tell you about Fred. You go up here with your brother. <laughs> All right. 
Fred was a 59-year-old man with a high school degree. He was referred for neurological and uh, neurophysiological evaluation because of cognitive and behavioral disturbances. Fred's wife was reporting that he began to see her as a quote-unquote double. That was her word for it. The first episode occurred one day when after coming home, Fred asked her where Wilma was. She was Wilma, by the way. Right. On her surprised answer that she was right there, he firmly denied that she was his wife, Wilma, whom he knew very well as his son's mother, and then went on plainly commenting that Wilma had probably gone out for a walk or something and would be back later. But he didn't show any concern as to who this other strange woman in his his house was. No. So I watched this video about David, who had sustained a severe head injury during a car accident. And he was actually in a coma for five weeks. But when he woke up, the doctors were thrilled because he didn't seem to have sustained any serious brain injuries. He was able to read and write. He was articulate. He had all of his memories, except after he went home, his mom and dad were reporting that David was claiming that they weren't his mom and dad. How how old was David? He was in his 20s. In his 20s, okay. And so he would very plainly ask his mom where his mom was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm right here, David. This I'm your mom. And he would be like, no, obviously not. <laughs> uh, let's move on. So after a few weeks of this going on and them noticing that it was happening with regularity, they took him back to the neuro doctor man. And... <laughs> I don't think he was a surgeon. That's why I almost yeah. I stopped okay. because I don't right. think he was a neurosurgeon. He was a. Well, I think the proper term is neuro doctor man. Thank you. <clears throat> People are usually the objects of the delusion, but there have been reports of pets being substituted, which I would think it would be even creepier. Hmm. So that's your dog, but it's not your dog. Somebody came and took my dog, and replaced right. it with an identical dog. Yeah, that who acts exactly like my dog. Yes. And that, to me, would be creepier. It's pretty creepy. Because it seems more sinister. I don't know why. I don't know why. That doesn't make any sense. But to me, it does. Um, They can also see inanimate objects as having been replaced. David's house, for instance, in this video, he would he was described as saying, I want to go home, even mm-hmm. though they were mm-hmm. in their house. And his mom would explain to him, you are home. And he would say, no, I want to go to my home, David's home. I want to go home. And so she said in one instance, she took him outside, took him around the house and back inside. And he said, oh, OK, good. I'm, I'm glad to be home. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. Now, now his condition was due to the head injury. Correct. But that's not always the way it could be some sort of hereditary situation or an acquired... Hereditary is hard to say, but it can go along with other mental illnesses often. It's quite rare, so it's hard to say exactly what could cause it in brains that haven't been traumatized physically. Um, So a Freudian perspective... (laughs) (laughs) suggested this and i think this is uh it says more about 
Freud than it does about the illness, I think. <laughs> I think most of his right? theories said more about Freud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said that the the Capgras syndrome is motivated by an inability to reconcile unacceptable and extreme emotions felt for a close family member. So in cases like this, you're way into your mom. And so you're grossed out by the fact that you're way into your mom. So you create a double so that you don't have to feel gross about the fact that you want to do your mom. What about if you if you think somebody's replaced your lamp? Right. You know, that's where um, other doctors have come in and gone, listen, Freud, <laughs> not everything's about your dingle. Okay. Yeah. And get your face out of the Peruvian marching powder. Toilet seats aren't for nose candy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just had this picture of like Freud in a nightclub somewhere. You know, he's got like an '80s Miami Vice suit on with his sleeves, his suit jacket sleeves rolled up, Hollenote style. Hollenote style, doing lines off the back of a urinal. <laughs> With a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. But with like the full on Freudian yep. facial hair right. and glasses. And telling and... people about how it's all about their ding dong. <laughs> Rave lights flashing. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's got some glow sticks. <laughs> yep. He's just rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if Freud were alive, he'd be all hopped up on Molly. Oh. <laughs> he'd go to that flower show what's that called the flower dance oh the electric daisy carnival yeah yeah he'd be at the electric daisy carnival going danger mouse Woo! <laughs> oh i'm sorry i'm sorry oh puppies. you upset the dogs oh, i'm sorry okay what doctors now suspect and this is still just a theory is that um so when you see someone i'm looking at you and yes my mm-hmm. eyeballs are taking in your glorious face and the image of you goes to my temporal lobe, which is where I my brain transmits that image and I recognize who you are. Sure. And I say, that's, that's JG. And then that message gets sent to my amygdala. And that is the gateway to the lambic system. No, not lambic. That's the delicious raspberry beer that I love. Limbic system. <laughs> I prefer the lambic system, personally. (laughs) I spend a lot of time on the lambic system. Um, The limbic. Um, So so the the limbic system is the emotional center of the brain. So the temporal lobe part of the brain in this theory is working great. It's saying, JG, you're right there. Mm -hmm. I I dig it. Mm -hmm. The amygdala, though is something's happening in that pathway that's going from one thing to the next because the amygdala is where I say, JG is who I love. JG is where, that's where my emotions attached to my recognition Mm -hmm. of you are Mm -hmm. and live. So they think that what happens is that person is able to spot and recognize the figure, but because that pathway is broken... Uh, because of that uh, injury or that illness, they aren't getting that emotional response. Oh. So their o- their brain's only reaction to that is if I if they look like the person that should give me that emotional response, and they're not giving me that emotional response, they've got to be someone else. That is fascinating, right? That's incredible. I know it gives so, me the goosies. So. So they get the physical recognition, but the emotional yep. recognition, there's a disconnect. Yeah. 
And that's what, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and that's how, um, it, that's why it works with dogs and lamps and houses too, is because you have the recognition of it. You see that it's the thing, Mm -hmm. but you're not getting that emotional response from it. Do you, do you get emotional responses from your lamps? Yes. You do? The one that's on your bedside table, mm-hmm. I lined it with this really pretty uh, wallpaper that I found at Martin's. So when you turn it on, you can just faintly see the pattern from that wallpaper. And that just makes my friggin' day because it was such a short roll of, not wallpaper, uh, wrapping paper wrapping paper because it was such a small roll of wrapping paper and I really really loved it and it was really thick and beautiful and perfect and it just had a beautiful pattern and it was made from stone somehow I don't understand it anyway I loved that wrapping paper so that's a piece of wrapping paper that I get to keep forever because it's inside a lamp so you have a deep emotional connection to um to a bedside lamp yeah but not mine yours just yours mine. is the nice one right. mine's I... a piece of crap any hoozle one of the things that they found was really helpful because therapy is suggested for this. Um, it doesn't always work out and through. It still uh, leads to there being individual instances of delusions, but um, it does help. There have been some therapeutic drugs that have had relative success, but one of the things that really worked in David's situation was his parents noticed that he never had issues believing that his parents were his parents if they were talking on the phone because it wasn't Mm. his eyeballs making the connection to his amygdala. It was his ear bits making the connection to his amygdala, and that part wasn't damaged. That's incredible. So if they had problems with him being like, no, you're not my mom, I'm not going with you, or no, you're not my dad, I'm not getting in that car, they would call him and say, hey, I'll meet you out front, we're going for a ride, blah, blah, blah. And he would come out, no problem, because... And when he saw the person... Because of the audio that carried through, he saw her. And even though he didn't have the emotional attachment through his eyes, he did through his ears. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Brains are nutty. It is amazing. I love brains. Brains. (laughs) It did sound a little zombie-ish, didn't it? I love brains. Very zombie-ish. With a nice hollandaise. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I've got for you. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. I'd be interested to know what the ratio is of those who have this condition who got it from some sort of a, a head injury as opposed to some sort of a, um, a medical condition. Well, in, in what I read, most instances coincide with certain types of schizophrenia. Okay. So I would say it, most, most are not related to a head injury or to migraines or diabetes, um, but instead come with other mental illnesses. Fascinating. Yeah, it is. And um, more women are affected by it than men for some reason. That's weird. I wonder why that is. I don't know. And it's hard to research because there are so few well-documented cases. And I'm sure that um, for years, women who did have it and, and showed up with it were just, you know, classified as hysterical. Right. Again. Right. <clears throat> we have a real issue uh, looking back in history. And still, in some cases today, believing women. (laughs) I'm not going to argue with that. Wait, I don't believe what you're saying. (laughs) 
No, it's true. I mean, even like if, if you look back at uh, the turn of the 19th, 20th century, Victorian mm-hmm. uh, times, it was a common practice for guys who wanted to get out of their marriage to just say, well, my wife's crazy and have her committed, and then he could divorce her. Right, yeah. That's all it took, just for the husband to say, no, she's nuts. And we still have, you know, I mean, we're doing a lot better, of course, Mm -hmm. but we still have a long way to go as far as um, mental illness and stigma goes, and it's... it's nice to see how far we've come, but there are still things that I think that we need to improve on. And, you know, that's that's why I'm always eager to, to talk about mental illness and share my experiences, because I think the, the more we all talk about it, right. the less of a stigma there can be, because if you know why, I, I don't know. have to explain no, it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, sister. Halfway through and you're still awake. It must be time for that thing in the middle. This is the strange story of Suchesta Satish, a seventh grade student in Dubai that's earned international fame. My dad's friend from Japan, she came here, she sang a Japanese song. I really liked that song, so I learned it too. That's where it all began from. But it didn't stop with Japanese. And then she learned another. And then another, and another. All told, she's learned to sing in 102 languages. Now the standing world record at the time was 76 languages. So how does a 12-year-old break the world record? She staged a concert where she sang in all 102 languages. She succeeded and now holds the world record. The concert took six hours and 15 minutes. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Well, throughout the podcast, we've talked about how much we love to travel. We've been all over the place. We we like to go to South America. We've been to Ecuador a couple of different times, and we've had some interesting experiences. One really fun experience was that time that you were at the gate so that we wouldn't miss our flight, but I was all the way over on the other side of the airport charging my phone. Yeah, I almost left without you because there was only one charger port available. And we've talked a lot about getting luggage from away travel, One of the things that we really liked about the idea was that both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge your cell phones or your tablets or anything that uses a USB. That's a great thing to have when you're traveling all over the world. Away Travel was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea, luggage with power. Thus, the Away Carry-On was born. They surveyed thousands of people on how they pack, why they travel, what bugs them most about their luggage. And I feel like they may have asked me and I just forgot because they (laughs) answered the things that I've always had problems with. There is a built-in dirty laundry bag. I Listen. Okay, we got our first piece of luggage. Our first piece of luggage. I haven't even used it yet. And I'm blown away. As I'm opening this, I started to cry. She did. She wept openly. First of all, it's beautiful. And it's sturdy. It's going to keep your stuff safe. Because you've seen them toss the bags out of the airplane door as though they are not filled with your personal items. And, and they're, they're extremely lightweight, but they're very strong because they're made of premium German polycarbonate. There's a TSA-approved combination lock, and it actually locks the little zipper nuggets 
The zipper nuggets lock. And for those of you who travel, you know how important it is to keep your zipper nuggets locked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. And we mentioned the charger feature. The little battery that's in the luggage will pop right out so that, uh, you know, we don't have a problem with TSA. And a single charge will charge your iPhone up to five times. There's a reason that Away Travel's been mentioned in Forbes magazine, in Allure, on the Goop. And now on the Box of Oddities. And again, we only talk about items that we believe in. We believe in Away Travel. And Away Travel believes in you. There's a 100-day trial. Live with it. Vibe with it. Travel with it. Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no question asked, I swear to you, this piece of luggage speaks to my soul. I'm so happy. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash box and use promo code box. That's $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash box and use promo code box during checkout. When you go to awaytravel.com slash box and use promo code box, you'll get $20 off your suitcase and you also support the box of oddities. Thanks, Away Travel. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I, why? Because of your vitamin taking? Yeah, I've not really been very good at that historically, taking my vitamins. And I'll tell you why. Because my doctor says, well, you need to take a vitamin D supplement. You need to do this for your bones. You need to take, you know, calcium. You need to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, my eyes glaze over. And I'm like, that's like eight bottles. And I've got to sort it all out and get the right dosage. And then I bought you one of those daily pill sorter things. And you said it made you feel old. That just sits on top of the refrigerator. But because we've been getting our vitamin supplements from Care Of, it's made it so much easier. So with Care Of, your vitamins get delivered right to your door in personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs, perfect for busy, on-the-go lifestyle. I like to take my vitamins with food, but I don't eat first thing in the morning. I can't eat until later in the day. So I grab my vitamins in the morning, I put them in my purse, and then later on, when I'm eating, I can take my vitamins with food. I don't have to worry about it. It's so contained and easy to remember, and it has my name on it. It does. It has your name on it and a fun little daily fact. Now, you're probably asking yourself, you're saying, Self, how do they know what vitamins are right for me? Well, you take a little online quiz, and I know how much you love quizzes. I love quizzes! Care of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices, and takes only five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. They focus on my gut. They focus on JG's hair. Everybody focuses on my hair. Let's so be honest. Nice. Thank it's you. Thick and luxurious. They have vegan and vegetarian supplement options, which is what we choose. And here's something cool too. They offer pre and postnatal supplements with accompanying research to help mothers and babies alike stay their healthiest. I have a person in my life who's growing a person, and I can't say who it is right now, but I will say that that person who's growing a person is taking care of vitamins. That's not only good for you, but your baby's gonna thank you. When your baby grows up healthy and strong and probably the smartest kid in the class, 
that baby's going to come back to you and say, thank you for taking care of vitamin supplements. Right. But that'll just be for a short period of time. And then they'll stop talking to you altogether unless they're asking for money. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com. Enter promo code BOX. So you can get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code BOX. You'll be getting that discount and supporting the show. That's our show, The Box of Oddities. And we do really appreciate it. And so will your butt. And other parts of your body, too. Please don't listen to this podcast while operating heavy machinery. Because, you know, you couldn't hear the stories. This is The Box of Oddities. Well, the holidays are coming up. And, wow, there's no better gift to give than Box of Oddities merch. Right. Nothing says, tis the season of love and giving, like a box of oddities tapestry. Make it a family tradition. Yeah. And it's not, like, we don't really make any money off of merch. No. Um, And that's okay. It's not about the money. It's about, I want to see it on you. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a coffee mug. Which would be silly, because who wears coffee mugs? Right. Though, if you're the right cup size, I bet you could just, like... <laughs> cup size. So okay. I didn't even know I did that. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Well, you can find our merch at our website, theboxofoddities.com. And also, don't forget, uh, we're going to be dropping a bonus episode on Halloween night. That's going to include your creepy creep stories. So uh, we want your submissions. We want you to tell us your scary story, record it on your phone, and email it to us curator at theboxofoddities.com. We are getting some uh, some great entries. I'm so happy about it. Now, what, it, tell me your story thing. All right, my story is, um, it's about a woman named Catherine Knight. Have you heard this name before? Catherine Knight. Our Australian listeners are going to know who I'm talking about. She was sentenced to life imprisonment without parole after perhaps one of the most grisly murders in the history of Australia. She murdered her partner, Charles Thomas Price, in October of 2001. Currently imprisoned in the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in New South Wales, she stabbed Price to death, but there's so much more to the story. I don't think I know this story. Please tell me. Well, all right, I will. Oh, good. Yeah, because it would be silly for me to just end there. So I got my information from Wikipedia, All Things Interesting, and Ranker. Now, she, Catherine Knight, had a, um, a violent history that goes all the way back to 1973. She was working as a boner in a butcher shop, but I had to pause there because it was just fun to say she was working as a boner. What's a what's a boner in a butcher shop do? I was working as a boner in, in a, a butcher, butcher shop. shop. She would take the bones out of the uh, animals. Oh, okay. like a deboner. A deboner, which is never as good as the a boner, really. So she's married to this guy David Kellett, and uh, they didn't get along very well. So he would get drunk and try to beat her up, but she could fight back. She would uh, she would land a few good punches, and uh, then after that happened, he found himself being dominated by her. Uh, by 1974, uh, she still convinced him to marry her. On their wedding night, after consummating their marriage three times, uh, he fell asleep, and she was really pissed by that. She took issue with her husband's premature exhaustion and, and tried to strangle him in his sleep. Oh my 
God. On their wedding night. Well, he's never going to be able to do you again if you strangle him. That Those are wise, wise words. Yes, that's a bumper sticker I saw once. He woke up and uh, he, I guess he fought her off. And despite the fact that she had attempted to kill him on her wedding night, on their wedding night, uh, the marriage lasted for about 10 more years. They had a couple of daughters. But then at one point, he left her in the middle of the night. He had just had enough. So after he took off, a knight went through a period of uh, deep distress. And at one point, she spent, I guess, a few months in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, she had threatened the life of her car mechanic because he had fixed the guy's car that, he, that the guy left in. Oh, so her husband's car? Yeah, she, he had fixed her husband's car, the car that he made his getaway in. And so she threatened the serviceman. Oh, no. Uh, Where are her kids in all of this? I feel awful for those kids. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. But um, even after all of that, he came back to her. Oh. But ultimately, they broke up, and uh, she met a guy, uh, David Saunders. And he moved in with her. He had two daughters, but he kept his own apartment, which was, I guess, kind of a bone of contention. No pun intended. Um, she thought that uh, he wasn't committed to her because he kept this uh, separate apartment. Sure. And so, and this this is going to bother you, okay? This is pretty awful. I'm just going to give you a heads up right now. Did she break his bedside lamps? I wish that was all that she had done. At one point, to show him what she was capable of doing. Oh, no. She, oh, no. She took his no. two-month-old puppy. No! No! Mm. Yeah. And, well, you know her vocational history. We'll just leave it at that. Now, despite that particular incident, the that two... That doesn't make me want to stay with a person. Well, That's not... That's insane. Not only did he stay, they had a daughter together after that. Why? And oh. then Knight tried to stab him with a pair of scissors. Finally, he left. Did he take the children with him? Yes. Thank you. And uh, she met another man named John Chillingsworth whom she maintained a relationship with for, I guess, like something like three years. And uh, they had a child together. Oh, uh, for the most part, I guess their relationship was fairly typical, without issue. No, nope. uh, no. that's uh, I don't believe that that's true, because you can't have that kind of personality. You can't have deboned a dog and threatened lives and stabbed and choked and still just have a normal relationship with Chillingsworth which by the way is an awesome name that is an awesome not name. the point though. John Chillingsworth Chillingsworth, oh, Chillingsworth. Yeah. well well this was just initially they okay. were they were getting along pretty well he didn't know the history I guess okay but but experts say that probably they were getting along well because Knight was having an affair with another person at the same time whose name was John Price her relationship with Price would be the one that eventually pushed her over the edge, and uh, landed her in, in prison. Well, she had done some pretty horrible things up to this point, mm -hmm. but it got horrible or roller. Oh, okay. <laughs> now the beginning of their relationship went, went pretty well. Went okay. They had uh, Price had two older children who lived with him. How do you spell horrible or H O Rebeller. Now, Price had two older children who lived with him, and uh, they liked, I guess they liked Knight well enough initially. Now, he worked as a miner, so he made good money, which uh, kept Knight, I guess, somewhat sedated. 
It kept her calm. She could spend her time shopping rather than choking people. Yes. Yep. Cool. However, she at one point said that she wanted to get married and he declined. And so she lost her shit. She ended up getting Price fired from his job, which uh, I guess made him kick her out. So a few months later, she moved back in, though he still refused to marry her. According to uh, friends and, and family members and neighbors, uh, this was around the time things really began to escalate. Violent things began to es- escalate. In early 2000, Price and Knight had an argument. It culminated with Price receiving some superficial chest wounds from her trying to stab him with scissors. So he took out a restraining order against her in an attempt to keep his children safe. Sure. Obviously. He was really, he was he was quite fearful for some time. I have a question. Yeah. During this this bit, where with the stabbing of Price, is she still with Chillingsworth? No. Okay. I think he used that Chillingsworth used that cover to get the fuck out of town. Cool. You know. So sure. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know, but I picture him having a haberdashery. Chillingsworth haberdashery. Fine hats and scarves. We also have a deboning service in back. Don't, ew, no. Oh, wait, he would have an Australian accent, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I can't do one. uh, I can't do any accents other than, you know, my stupid American accent. So I'm really kind of ashamed of even trying to to do a Chillingsworth voice. Because I don't even know what accent that would be. Haberdashery. Nope. Nope, I can't do it either. That was almost Cockney. Yeah, got real. Drop the H. Haberdashery, yeah. Hi. Ah, no, I'm I've just, got nothing. I'm, I'm sorry. Picturing Dick so. Van Dyke dancing around on chimney tops now. Any hoozle. So Price was pretty fearful for his life. He'd taken out this restraining order. He told people that he worked with that if he was murdered, that it was night. Oh, God, that always creeps me out so much. And indeed, that's exactly what she did. That's awful. Price had come home from work. And he had a usual routine of checking in with neighbors before going to bed at 11 o'clock. I guess uh, Knight had come over shortly before and had made herself dinner. She'd watched TV, she had showered, and then she went upstairs and she woke Price up. And I guess they had sex. What? No! Yeah. Stop that! Stop having sex with people who've tried to kill you! Stop it! That would make a great t-shirt. Stop having sex with people who are trying to kill you. (laughs) Available now in our merch store. (laughs) So after they had sex, Price went back to bed. Then Catherine, who kept a butcher knife next to her bed, took it out and stabbed Price 37 times. While he with was, a butcher knife? While he was sleeping, yes. Isn't that more of a hack than a stab? Well, you're, you're thinking of cleaver. There are lots of deboning knives. That, oh, uh, so a butcher's a knife. A butcher's knife. Rather yes. than a, yeah. okay, what I'm picturing. Yeah, right. You're, you're exactly right. I am picturing a cleaver. So the, the blood evidence June. showed that uh, he woke up while he was being stabbed. No. So about six o'clock the next morning, the neighbors became concerned because Price's car was uh, was still in the driveway, and he had not showed up at work. His employer sent a worker over to see what was wrong. Now, both the neighbor and the worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him up, but uh, they alerted police after noticing blood on the front door. Oh, gosh. So police arrived at 8 a.m. They broke down the back door. They found Price's body, and they found Knight, comatose, lying next to him because she had taken a large number of pills. 
Now, as I mentioned, according to the blood evidence, uh, he awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape. Knight chased him through the house. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but either stumbled back inside or she dragged him back down the hallway where he finally died after bleeding out. Later, Knight went to the bank, withdrew $1,000 from Price's ATM account. Price's autopsy revealed he'd been stabbed 37 times in both the front and back of his body. Many of the wounds were extended to vital organs. Several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook from the middle of a doorway. Yes, okay, yes, I had heard of this story. This is awful. Yeah. This is awful. Yep. And the, the um, yeah, in the, oh, the poor policeman. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yep. She then decapitated Price oh. and cooked parts of his body. Yeah. Serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. She apparently tried some of it, didn't like it, threw it out into the yard. She put his head in a pot and was stewing it. There's so much going on there. Oh, that's rough. She then arranged his body with his left arm. This is a skinned, headless corpse, mm-hmm. okay? She, she draped his left arm over an empty uh, 1.25 liter soft drink bottle with his legs crossed. So the police showed up and they see all of this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's it's pretty freaky. They find a note that said uh, she tried to like blame. She tried to make it sound like she killed him because he was uh, molesting the children. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, time. It said time got you back, Jonathan, for raping, and she misspelled rape. My daughter, and she misspelled daughter. Uh, you to Beck for Ross, whatever that means for little John. Now play with little John's dick, John Price, said in context. Um, the accusations in, this, in the note were found to be groundless. Yeah, no. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you'd eat his bits with squash. If that had gone on, I totally understand uh, certain behaviors, yes. But not the eating his bits with squash. Do you know what I mean? I hate squash. I know you do. I know you do. So the police are there. They see this horrible, horrible scene. (laughs) And, you know, again, you mentioned that poor police officer. I can't imagine. You walk in, you see a human carcass, skinned human carcass, hanging from a doorframe on a meat hook. Well, I think the the skin's not the carcass, right? The carcass was... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, right. So it's just the skin. What's the word I'm looking for? Pelt. Yes. Yeah. A human pelt. It's like an egger suit. Egger. Uh, egger. suit. Egger. He's asking for sugar water. Wearing an egger suit. <laughs> so you've got the, you know, the human pelt hanging in the doorway. Mm. You've got this skinned carcass uh, with no head sitting uh, at the table with his arm draped over a soda pop bottle. You got a, a head in a pot. You got a head in a pot and, the, and it's on simmer. Oh, I bet that smelled awful. You know, because we don't even like it when people cook regular meat here. I don't like it if like I'm making eggs and a little bit of egg falls on the burner. No. I hate that smell. So then they go out into the dining room, the police. And on the table, no. they found two full plates Aww. of this stew that she had made with John Price. And each place setting had a name on it. Was it the kids? Yes. She was planning on feeding him to his kids. <sighs> yep. 
But she didn't like it. She threw it out in the yard. So, I mean, that's just rude. Yeah, don't don't waste your food. No, I mean, you don't feed something to other people that you yourself are not going to, willing to eat. <laughs> I don't, like, have guests over and they'll go, oh, here's this garbage cheese. I don't want this. You eat it. It's tacky. So she goes to trial. They arrest her. She goes to trial. Knight's initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected, and she was arraigned on March 2nd of 2001 on the charge of, charging, on the charge of murdering Price. She entered a plea of not guilty. Uh, how? How? That just right there shows that she's got some things going on. Yeah. Well, like, it, not a grasp on reality. On November 8th, Justice O'Keefe, what a great name, uh, pointed out that the nature of the crime and Knight's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sentenced her to life in prison, uh, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. And that's where she sits today in New South Wales in the Stillwater Women's Correctional Center. Whoa. That was... That's intense. That was a story. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a little upset right now. Because she was wasting food? No. I mean, how could you not be? I mean, oh my God. It's one thing to murder somebody. That's horrible. But when you defile the corpse like that, and then you have plans on feeding the corpse to the victim's children, how evil is that? Right. And those police officers who had to deal with, I just feel like that's got to stay with you forever. And, oh, gosh. That's why we need a better mental health system. Yeah, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I think that's so unfortunate that multiple men were abused by this woman. And for some reason stuck around, which makes me think that... Probably they didn't have an idea of relationship norms because they had been raised in an abusive household. And you know how I build a backstory. Sure, and yeah. I, it just makes me so sad. And so often it's assumed that the only abuse victims in domestic violence cases are women. And that's just not the case. It's not the case. And if you're in an abusive relationship, reach out and get out. Yes. You can do it. And if you don't know how... There are plenty of resources on online, or you can just email us, and we'll tell you what they are. Oh my gosh, a hundred times yes. You never deserve that. Other people love you. You can get out. The box of oddity brews on the internet and then bubbles up and drips off and lands on your phone twice a week. That's just weird. It did sound very cauldron-esque. Yeah, that's what I was going I liked for. It. Yeah, uh, twice a week. So there you go. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. We love you, you beautiful freak. I feel like we're leaving this on a wicked bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about something else in the meantime? Or? Yes. Okay. I like birds. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you Monday. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories, stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.
If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.